Good morning, everybody. Good to see everybody here. <clears throat> I'm really well, I think. I just got something in my throat right now, so I may have to run over and get my water bottle in a minute, but we'll see. I don't know what it is. It just came up all of a sudden. I was good until some song and just got me, so it's all right. <clears throat> Let me ask you a question. Are you a peacemaker or are you an antagonist? Are you a peacemaker or are you an antagonist? <clears throat> I don't know about you, but we live in a world, a vitriolic world. And you may not know what that word means. That word vitriolic actually means kind of insulting, degrading, antagonistic, demeaning, corrosive, and just downright mean. Just downright mean. And so we live in that world right now. And I don't know about you, but I just feel like there's a bunch of anger. Just, just anger all over the place. People are yelling at each other. And I think that is a sign for yelling if you're doing sign language. And so it's just like we're yelling at each other. Everybody's yelling at each other. You, you hear it on television. You hear it in social media. You hear it. It just seems like we're yelling at each other. And Jesus comes along, and he turns the world upside down. And he says, Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called sons of God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they should be called sons of God. Our outward expressions, our outward expressions, whether written or whether said, whether written or said, are conditions of one's heart. So, whatever we've said, whether good or bad, is a result of what's going on inside our hearts. So here's another question I have for you. How far do you have to go to get your point across? How far do you go to get your point across to another? How far do you go? How many of us are currently on a crusade to fix the world? Anybody? Anybody on a crusade to fix the world? Just try to fix everything and try to get it all exactly the way you want it? Because you know it's all messed up and you've got the answers, right? We've all got the answers of how to fix the world and the world that we want it to look like. We all have those answers. And yet, we're all angry all the time. We're all yelling all the time. We're yelling at this life that we're in right now. We're yelling at others. We're yelling at our parents. We're yelling at our spouses. We're yelling at all those things. And I know I'm not supposed to do those things, okay? I know I'm not supposed to do those things. I understand that. I know what I'm supposed to do, but what I'm supposed to do isn't, all the, isn't usually and sometimes not the thing I always do. And I listen. I understand these verses like, like Colossians chapter 3, verses 8 and 9 that says this. But now you must put them 
all away. Anger, wrath, malice, slander, and obscene talk from your mouth. Do not lie to one another, seeing that you have put off the old self with its, with its practices. You put off the old self with its practices. I will tell you this about my life, and I know it's probably true. It may not be true with you, but I know it is with me. There is this shadow of darkness that creeps up in my heart from time to time. That shadow of darkness that I have in there that, by the way, nobody, none of us want to truly allow anybody else to see that side of us. Like I said last week, that side of darkness is inside of us. And many times that side of darkness that's in there, there are many projections that come out of that. And usually those projections that come out of that side of darkness, that shadow of darkness, always hurts those that I love. Always hurts those that I love. The statements that I make, the things that I say. And Jesus comes along and he says, Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called children of God. Now, here's the thing I know about God, though. God's in the confusion. God is in that uneasiness, that I don't know what is inside of me. God is in that place with me because God is on my side. And God is on your side. God is on your side, even in the midst of that confusion, even in the midst of that place where it just seems like there's guilt and there's this, this, this ambiguity, and you're just kind of going, I, I don't know why I do that. I don't know what it is, but inside of there, inside of there, God is with you. We're in a, we're in a series on the Sermon on the Mount. We're looking at the Beatitudes. And one of the things that we've said is that God is on your side. God is on the side of those who are poor in spirit. God is on the side of those who mourn. God is on the side of those who are meek. God is on the side of those who are hungry and thirsty after righteousness. He's on their side. He's inviting them into his kingdom. He wants those people into his kingdom. He wants us into his kingdom. And then we have the fruit, the fruit the fruit of our lives that we've talked about. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall receive mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. And today, blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called children of God. Sons of God. So, are you a peacemaker. Are you a peacemaker? All right, I have another question for you. Here's the question, and you may think that this doesn't have anything to do with the lesson, but I think it has everything to do with the lesson. And so you can answer if you want to. Just throw, throw out what you think it is. What is the opposite of love? What is the opposite of love? Hate, death, what? Okay. Okay. 
The opposite of love, I believe, is not hate, but fear. The opposite of love is fear. Let me look at 1 John chapter 4, verse 18. See what it says here. There is no fear in love. No fear in love. For perfect love casts out fear. Perfect love casts out fear. For fear has to do with punishment. And whoever fears has not been perfected in love. So I believe that fear is the opposite of love. And when it comes to us loving, the reason we don't love one another is not because we hate them, it's because we're afraid. We're afraid to step into other people's lives and love them as they are because we're afraid. Peacemaker, though, and being a person of peace at the foundation of all of this that we're talking about, whether it's mourning, whether it's being merciful or, or whatever it is, what we're talking about is it all goes back to the idea of love. 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 It's all about love. Love is what it's about. Our fears limit and often stop us from leaning into our hearts and also leaning into the hearts of others. Have you noticed that? The reason we do not know ourselves, the reason we do not really want to dig into the dark places, those shadows of darkness in our own life, is because we're afraid of what we're going to find. And so we're not even going to go there. We're not even going to go into our own lives to consider that. And so what happens is if we're not considering that in our own hearts, like we talked about last week when we're pure of heart, if we're not considering that in our own hearts, what happens? It becomes a projection for everybody else, and we just kind of vomit on them. It's what we do. And they wonder, where did that come from? And a peacemaker, a peacemaker is someone who is going to step in into the lives of another and risk, listen, risks, risk conflict, even if that's with someone you love. Now, I know we're going to cover this here in just a few weeks or so, but I wanted to bring this up because I wanted to just let you see this. In Matthew chapter 5, verses 43 through 45, it says this, You have heard that it was said, you shall love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I say to you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. So that you may be what? Sons of God. Sons of the Father. Sons of the Father. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called sons of God. Sons of God of the Father. Shall love your neighbor and shall love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. For he makes the sun to rise on the evil and the good. This is the point here. 
He makes the sun to rise on the evil and the good and sends the rain on the just and the unjust. God is gracious to all people. God is gracious to every single person on this earth. That's what this verse is saying. What Jesus is saying is God sends the rain. He sends the rain on the just and the unjust. And he sends the sun on those who are evil and those who are evil. Why does he do that? Because he's gracious to all people people. He's gracious to all people. Are we gracious to all people? So Deborah and I have an app that we use to get a lot of our news. It's called Flipboard. I don't know how many of you use Flipboard. There are tons of apps out there to do that. And so yesterday she was on Flipboard and she said, have you seen this story? of the minister or the pastor that's out there. And I said, no, I, yeah, I mean, I think I heard something about it. I think something. And she told me, you know, the, the one that actually went into like uh, Dunkin' Donuts and didn't have a mask on as they required. She said, listen to this. And I've never heard a guy speak spew so much anger and hatred ever and call themselves a child of God. He got 7.3 million views on Facebook. 94,000 comments. See, because hate Cells. Hate actually and anger actually sell, but love doesn't. And yet, Jesus is calling us to a different way of living. For us to be peacemakers, to be peacemakers. Look at this verse in James chapter 3, verses 17 through 18. But the wisdom from above is first pure, pure, then peaceable, gentle, open to reason, full of mercy and good fruits, impartial and sincere. And a harvest of righteousness is sown in what? Peace. A harvest of righteousness. A harvest. A harvest of righteousness is not sown in anger. It's not sown in threats. It is sown in what? Peace. Peace. By those who make peace. James is calling all Christians to be people who make peace, who are peacemakers, who are peacemakers. Why? Because righteousness, righteousness, there's a harvest of righteousness when we are peaceful people. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they are the salt of the earth. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they are the light of the world. You 
are the salt of the earth. You are the light of the world. A peacemaker is the salt of the world. The peacemaker is the light of a world. And if you're not a peacemaker, what does it say about salt? Well, the salt has lost its saltiness, so it's no good for anything. So therefore, it needs to be thrown out and trampled by men. And I think that that was pretty harsh, Jesus. It's pretty harsh, isn't it? See, you're saying that if I'm not a peacemaker, I should just be thrown out like the salt because I've lost my saltiness. I've lost my ability to have an impact on the world if I'm not a peacemaker. Because the salt is not the salt that we're talking about. This is the salt that preserves. And we'll talk about that in a couple of weeks. But this is a salt that preserves. It makes something that's long-lasting. That goes in with other people and helps them learn how to do that and, how, and, and, and actually walks with them. Peacemakers always find their, their, their place in the middle of things. So Friday morning, our Starbucks group is no more. My little Starbucks group, no more. I don't, all our friends are scattered. No one's getting together. We haven't been together since March. That's the last time all of us have seen together at our Starbucks group just sitting there. These are people that some of them have been here before. One of our men and his wife have actually moved to Florida. Another man who lives here got together and said, let's do a Zoom call. Well, it was just him and the guy that did, went to Florida, and I got on for a very few minutes. And it's interesting because the guy in Florida is 80 years old, and, and this guy's my age, and so we've got these two guys. And so, and this guy is talking about everything with COVID and everything like that, and this guy's talking the same thing, and they're talk, we're talking about where everybody is in their, in, in their states and stuff like that. And then, and then he's, and, uh, he starts talking about just some things that he believes and everything that he does, and, and the other guy on the other side who's 80 is going, no, no, I, I, I can't think of that way, and I can't. I, that's not what I believe and stuff. And so there's almost an argument. And then he goes, well, James, you're the wise man here. What do you think? What do you think? And right then and there, you become the peacemaker. And how do you respond? Now, I know you want to know how I responded, and I did pretty well on that. I, I still kept them both as friends. But I want you to know that this is not easy. And Paul knew that. Jesus knew that. In fact, if you look at all of the Beatitudes, I want you to think that the Beatitudes, the Beatitudes are the outline for what's going to come next in the Sermon on the Mount. It's what it is. It's the outline for what comes next in the Sermon on the Mount. And I want you to listen to this passage of Scripture. I just, just, just listen to this. I think it's fantastic. It's Paul, here, here, here in the body of Christ, here, 
in your church here as an, the ecclesia called out, here as a messianic community of faith, here, here, there is not Greek and Jew. There's not circumcised and uncircumcised. There's not barbarian and Scythian. There is not slave nor free. And you just, and you could, and Paul could have added just tons more, couldn't he? We could have just added some more to that. All the polar opposites. But Christ is all and in all. Every one of these individuals, whether they were circumcised or uncircumcised, whether they were slave or free, whether they were barbarian or Scythian, whatever they were, they were all one in Christ Jesus. No matter their background, no matter where they came from, they were still all one. And then he says, Paul says, put on then, clothe yourself, actually Put it on you as you would a garment, as God's chosen ones, holy and beloved. Holy and beloved. So here's the attributes of peacemakers. Here's the attributes. Holy and beloved, compassionate hearts, kindness, meekness, and patience. Bearing with one another, and if one, listen, if one has a complaint against another, forgiving each other. Now, could you see that? Can you see that? Do you know how the circumcised and the uncircumcised really didn't like each other? Because one thought they needed to and one thought they didn't. And then you look at the slave and the free. And then you look at the barbarian and the Scythian. And God says, no, no, no. I want you all to come together. I want you to come together in peace. I want you to come together even in your distance as far as what you think and what you believe. I need you to come together. And if you have a complaint against one another... You forgive one another. Can you see the barbarian and the Scythian sitting there and the barbarian coming to the Scythian going, I, what are you doing? This is not right in the church of God. Can you see them talking together? Can you see what peacemaking actually is? Forgiving each other as the Lord has forgiven you. See, the reason we can forgive, the reason you and I can forgive other people, and the reason we can have peace is because Jesus Christ brought us peace in our own lives. He brought us peace. I have peace in my heart because God sent his son Jesus to die for me, and he is in my heart, and he has brought me peace. That peace in my life, that peace that I have in my life, needs to be the peace that we give to others. I give other people the peace that Jesus Christ has given me. I give others the peace that he has given me. We give people that peace, bearing with one another, 
forgiving one another as He has forgiven us. And above all, listen, verse 14, and above all these, put on love, love, here it is, love, which binds everything together in perfect harmony. And let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, to which indeed you were called in one body, and be thankful. And be thankful. What if? What if? What if a church came together in peace with one another? What if instead of having it the way I have to have it, I'm able to let go because peace is so, is so important. So, I ask the question again, how far are you willing to go to have peace? How far are we supposed to be willing to go to have peace? Are you willing to make that, that trip? Are you willing to make the changes necessary? People, it starts with us. And I'll, I'll get to this again, but I'm going to say this now. I know I'm going to get to this in the future, but let me just say this now. Who makes the first move when you have relational conflict? Who makes the first move when you have relational conflict? With your spouse, it's always the one who is the most mature. It's always the one who is the most mature. So if you feel like you're the most mature and you want to be the most mature one, which I hope you do, it's always you. It's always you. We are the ones who make the first step. I'm going to lead us in prayer right now. And then after that, I'm going to ask you to stand right as soon as I say the amen. And we're going to have our invitation. And our men will be back at the back. And if you want a, a time that you can have prayer with our, uh, our elders, please do that. Go back there. They will find a place and have prayer with you. Whatever you need is, I want you to do that. Let's pray. God, we come before you as a body of believers who want to be your children. We know that we are, but Lord, we know that being a person of peace is one of the ways that we become a child of yours, a son's of God. Lord, I pray that you will help us on our journeys, that we will get rid of the hate and the abusive talk and those things in our own life that we just need to get rid of right now and put peace and love 
inside of us. Lord, we love you so much. And I just pray that you will help our hearts. Help us to be people of peace. Lord, I thank you for your son who gave us that peace, who died on the cross for us. And it's in his name that we pray. Amen.